We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Saturday, August thirteenth, two thousand and twenty-two. What is up, Green Bay Packer fans? We have a live, actual, real NFL football game. Woo! How exciting! Instead of talking about what could happen, now we can talk about some things that did happen. Andy Herman on vacation, a very happy anniversary to Mr. Herman and his wife. 15 years of marriage. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, if my wife ever comes back, maybe we'll get to celebrate that line of marriage <laughs> as well. Uh, but I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob. Can Lester. we can we clarify she's not actually gone? No, she's not actually gone. She's upstairs. She's very, very much eight <laughs> months pregnant and expecting our second child here in about four to six weeks. So very excited about that. That's my life. Um, but my life's not that interesting for that very reason. I'm your host. Like I mentioned, I'm Jacob Westendorf. I'm live tonight in the Packaday Game on Wisconsin studios. I am joined by Alex Strove, an actual celebrity decided to do this show with me tonight. Alex, I got to start. I'm digging the pullover there. I don't know what it is about that old school Packers logo, but I absolutely love it. Yeah, probably a hot take. I'd much prefer if you're not watching on the video uh, version. We've got the, uh, I believe, the 1920s, almost Heisman pose Packers uh, logo uh, on the pullover tonight. Uh, yeah, it's the it's better than the G. It's 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 a hot take. It's it's my opinion, but uh, it's my favorite Packers logo of all time. But to your point, Jake, we've got real football to talk about, dude. Although we don't have Aaron Rodgers and we don't have Jair Alexander, or Kenny Clark, or Aaron Jones to talk about. We do have Jordan Love to talk about. We have a Romeo Dobbs touchdown to talk about. Uh, we've got Danny Davis. I'm live in Madison, Wisconsin. So, of course, we've got a Danny Davis touchdown that I'm all thrilled about. Uh, real football, finally. About damn time, as Lizzo once famously said. Real football. And I think LeBron James actually said that once, too. So, this is just like <laughs> ESPN. We talk about LeBron James anytime somebody breathes. So, that's good. It's a good start. You mentioned Jordan Love. Let's start there. That's what this preseason is going to be all about. The first thing I will say is something that is disappointing is that he only played two quarters. And I say that because number one, I do not care about the third string quarterback. I don't care if that third string quarterback is Tim Boyle, Deshaun Kaiser, Kurt Bankert, or Danny Etling, nothing against Danny Etling or any of those guys I just mentioned. But if any of those guys had to play significant snaps, the Packers are screwed to use Tom Moore's, uh, line but cleaning it up a little bit there obviously for viewership purposes <laughs> if any of those guys got to play the packers are in trouble if jordan love has to play and he might have to be the starter next season 
I don't think that's going to happen, but it's possible. And the Packers are trying to evaluate one, is he the quarterback of the future? And number two, if he's not, can they trade him for anything? And I think getting him just more and more reps that they can, because you're hoping now after what September 1st, that he never plays. So you only have three games to evaluate him. I would use all the quarters that you have. So that was my take on that. What's your thought there? Uh, yeah, on that, before we dive into his performance, obviously, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but obviously they want to evaluate everything, right? Like they kept three quarterbacks last year. They're not going to do that this year, we don't think. Uh, but Kurt Benkert was around for most of the year. So I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's here and there. Obviously, we want Jordan Love to develop. But there was some positive takeaways from his performance, uh, I guess, yesterday when this is coming out. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm good with the half. Well, that'll probably incline, right, like as we move on, especially with the possibility of Aaron Rodgers playing that final game uh, in a couple of weeks, that, that third, pre, third and final preseason game. So he might get some more reps there, maybe play those final three quarters or three and a half quarters or whatever it is. But uh, like I said, Jake, like once we dive into it a little bit deeper, there were some real positives to take away from from Jordan Love's performance tonight. When you look at the box score, not all that sexy, but I, I was overall impressed with him. Yeah, and I liken him. Here's the, my take about Jordan Love has been very simple. I think whatever you thought of him, the prospect, if you ignore the, they could have drafted this guy and they were this close to getting the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. If you ignore all that stuff and just talk about Jordan Love, the prospect. My take on him has always been whatever you felt about him on draft night 2020 is probably how you felt about him through this point. And I don't think anything that's happened tonight has changed that. Now, my take on him before the draft class was he was a highly erratic quarterback with spotty ball placement and odd decision-making and prone to some turnovers. Also prone to some high-level, wow-worthy type throws. Well, what did he do tonight in an extended action that makes you say anything other than that? And even last year, you go to the games he played in last year. Detroit, meaningless game, I understand, but not meaningless to him. And clearly not meaningless to the Lions. They treat that last game of the season against the Packers like it's their damn Super Bowl. <laughs> so they go through it that way. The game against Kansas City, if you want to toss that out, feel free. Um, I still think that there are some things that could certainly be gleaned from that, some things that weren't fair to him. But being a starting quarterback in the NFL also isn't a fair job. So that's kind of my take there. Nothing that he has done has changed my feeling about him. Has he gotten better? Yes. His camp has been better from what we've talked about. There are yes. some things that you've seen that have gotten better, but there's still like everybody says, okay, that he threw three interceptions tonight. <clears throat> the one to Amari Rogers, Matt LaFleur said two guys ran the wrong route. Okay. Matt appreciate that, but love still threw the ball to a receiver who had a guy, a defender directly in front of Bingo. him. Bingo. Yeah. I, I love the little floor quote, like back up your guy. I love it, Matt. But right. Like that one was his fault, but the other two that you're going to get to, obviously we're not. No. Th so the Romeo Dobbs play, that's one of those plays that is, it's not Jordan Love's fault, but it's also like it could have been avoided. So I'm not going to completely ding him for it. Well, but I can also somebody say needed it. to go to jail for that play, right? <laughs> Kyle Shanahan belongs in prison yeah, for right. challenging plays <laughs> in the preseason. Yes. Golden boy, Twitter golden boy, Kyle Shanahan can rot in prison for that. But a play <laughs> that could have been avoided and a challenge and a prison sentence that could have been avoided by all measures right. with Jordan Love there. But not 100% his fault. And then the Tyler Davis interception. Speaking of guys that had a rough night, Tyler Davis. My good, that was bad. That was just, it was tough. Hopefully something he can learn from and move on because the Packers clearly think something of him. They've hyped him up all summer and not a whole lot good uh, tonight from Tyler Davis. But that play, 
it bounced off Tyler Davis's face mask and somebody said, Oh, he lost it in the sun. It's like, you're a professional football player. <laughs> like <laughs> wear Pfizer, bro. Catch the effing ball. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say on something like that, but I mean, here's the other yeah. thing is we always say like, Oh, those plays weren't his fault, but there are some other ones in there as well. There was a ball where love rolled to his right. And he was chased down a little bit by Drake Jackson and he kind of threw one up for grabs. He got hit as he threw it, but still a decision that probably shouldn't have been made. Threw it up for grabs, ended up incomplete. Nobody was around it. Not a good decision. A pass to Jawan Winfrey was thrown high, batted in the air. Could have yeah, been lucky that one wasn't picked off, right? Caught by Jawan Winfrey. So, like to me, that kind of all evened out. Like interceptions that weren't his fault, passes that weren't intercepted that maybe could have been. My main takeaway from Jordan Love is. I don't think he's the Packers quarterback of the future. I didn't think he was coming into tonight and I didn't think he was last year. There's nothing I've seen to change anything like that. Although admittedly he does look more comfortable than at any point he did a season ago. Look, that's the biggest point right there, Jacob. And I think you're looking at it through the wrong lens right now, right? Like, is he the quarterback of the Packers future? No, like that's not the lens we should be looking through when Aaron Rodgers is restructuring a con. Uh, a contract four months earlier and, and, you know, likely setting himself up for somewhere between two to three more years with, with the green Bay Packers. But the lens you should be looking through it uh, with is if he is forced into game action, like he was a year ago against Kansas city, when Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID, are we comfortable with him taking the field and potentially getting us a win, which he did in neither of the games he played in last year. I feel more comfortable, and so does Jordan Love very clearly, right? Like, he looked more comfortable. He looked more poised. He, he looked like he understood and, you know, was able to interact with the system more uh, comfortably, again, I'm going to use that word, than he did a year ago, right? Like, it, 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 was, it wasn't like a world's difference, but he looked much more comfortable, much more poised. And, yes, there was still some questionable decision-making. But the quarterback prior to Aaron Rodgers had some questionable decision-making too. So, I mean, we could go both ways with, with, with that knock as well. The interceptions, we can write them off. We can count them. Whatever the hell you want to do with them, they're still a blemish on, on this whole thing. And a big reason the Packers didn't get the W. And as much as you want to throw Kyle Shanahan in prison and say Tyler Davis had a bad night, uh, those were, you know, game game changing plays. Unfortunately, now there are some plays where we can look and go, "Damn, Jordan Love actually looked really good. He has some yes. zip on the ball, especially that first touchdown drive uh, early in the game, right where it ultimately ended in the, I think it was what was a twenty six yard, uh, thirty four, yeah. So it was a thirty four yard touchdown from Jordan Love's to current Hall of Famer Romeo Dobbs and credit <laughs> to Romeo Dobbs for getting into the Hall of Fame. But that was another play, like. Kind of ballsy too. Fourth and three. Yeah. And yeah. And if you if you read like some of the stuff on Twitter, like one of the complaints about Aaron Rodgers from the Twitter quarterbacks is like he doesn't just take just move the chains. Just take what the defense has done and move the chains. Like but it well, paid I'm off. Ca- I'm kind of happy that he didn't just take it because that's here's the thing is like that's where the ball is supposed to go. Dobbs beats his guy on a slot fade. Shout out Dusty Evely. And he's wide open for a touchdown. And the play before that, honestly, or maybe it was two plays before that. Dobbs had another touchdown where he kind of got tripped up, held up, you know, not a penalty, but incidental type contact that slowed him down. That would have been a touchdown. And that was another good decision and good play by Jordan Love. And the other one, honestly, that I was more impressed with, and here I am after saying like nothing, nothing good about the guy, I guess. Here's some of the good stuff. The touchdown to Danny Davis, it reminded me of two years ago, Green Bay's playing in Detroit. It's the game they clinched the NFC North in. Rodgers throws a touchdown to the front hit of Devontae Adams. And it's a play where it's like, it's just a straight read play. 
You put the ball in the perfect spot. Davis, to his credit, smart player, finds the ball, makes the adjustment to catch and runs in for a touchdown. I thought that was awesome as well. So again, the analogy I've been making is the Jordan Love roller coaster is he's Marquez Valdez-Scantling if Marquez Valdez-Scantling was a quarterback. The highs are like very that. high. Like 80-yard touchdowns. They're big, big plays. And the lows are fumbles in overtime against the Indianapolis Colts or just some really rough drops or something like that. So, again, liken that to a quarterback. And people during the game, after I made that uh, analogy comparison, were like, oh, good, you're comparing a first-round pick to a fifth-round pick. Not the point. Not at all the point. The point is the type of highs and lows that you're running into. I don't care that Mark, I don't care if Marcos Valdez Scantling was undrafted and got a tryout. I don't care about any of that stuff. Draft status doesn't matter right. at that point. What I'm saying is the roller coaster exists and the experience of Jordan Love throughout the course of the game. There was a play last year against Kansas City, which I think encapsulates some things pretty well. He's getting spun around by a defensive player. His head is like jerked around and he yeah. just kind of throws one right in the middle of the field. And Mercedes Lewis happens to catch it. Like, horrible decision. I don't care if the result was positive yeah, yeah. and it was just goofy and awkward the whole way through. So looks more comfortable. Yes. Highs and lows are still there. Yes. The highs are really fun. Like I told you during the game, I reacted. I don't react to preseason games for the most no, part as a general, either. but I threw my arms up in the air when Romeo Dobbs scored that first touchdown because it was good to see something good from Jordan love on a play further down the field. Cause frankly, we just didn't see that last year. No. Uh, either in the preseason or the regular season. Honestly, he had one big throw in the preseason to Jay Sternberger. Otherwise, a lot of stuff was mostly like, you know, he threw his touchdown pass to Kylan Hill was a screen pass. He had a nice touchdown on a corner route to Alan Lazard last year. His, I think the longest touchdown pass of his career at this point is a three-yard screen pass to Josiah DeGuerra, which kudos to Josiah for running it in for a touchdown that way. But you just didn't see anything down the field. And it was nice to see something like that. So, Put a ball on the Jordan Love thing, and then we'll get to uh, a Hall of Famer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yeah, we got to get to the Hall of Famer here in a second. But no, you're right. Like, there was no grand takeaway from this this opening preseason game. And I don't know that there will be from any of the three, right? Like, I think you put it really well. The highs and lows are still there. The guy isn't uh, – and, you know, it's tough because we're spoiled, right? Like, we've gone Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback. And now we've got a Hall of Fame receiver, apparently, another one. So, uh, that, that's, that's good stuff. But – 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be no grand takeaways. This isn't like the Jordan Love tryout show that I know some Packers conspiracy theorists have, right? Like, he's not going to trot out there, have a terrific preseason, and then bring in the Packers some huge haul in, in trade value, right? Like, that's not going to be the case with Jordan Love. I think Goody will likely, you know, ride the Jordan Love train until the wheels fall off, and that may be in two years or after this season. I mean, obviously, he's under contract next year, but uh, he's, they've got to pick up the option at the end of this year. So, We'll see. Oh, no, they uh, don't. Oh, no, they don't. They better so when, not pick up do, that option. But when do they have until? The, oh, have the, they have. Yes, it is this offseason. And right. I will tell you right now, listen to me. They're right not going here. to. The only way that they, the only way they could pick if up Rogers that option. If Rodgers retires, right? And if Rodgers gets hurt and you see that Love has just dominated, like been awesome for a, a decent stretch of time. Yeah, that's like, like a $19 million price tag. So, yeah. it's. I believe the number is 20. And it's a very much not cap friendly type. And now not only that, like you're picking up that option and you have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Like, so now it's what you're just deciding two years from now and knowing absolutely nothing. That, yep. We're moving on because you can't give Aaron Rodgers 50 and Jordan love 20. There is not a scenario that is realistic or positive to the Packers in 2022. In my opinion, that leads to them picking up the option. And for everyone no, to say, I agree. Oh, They'll know. They'll know. Oh, they'll know based on preseason and practice whether he's any good. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because until well, that's the why you don't hear live, anything, Jacob. Right? Like that's why you haven't heard anything the last three years uh, out of the Jordan Love camp, other than yeah, we just haven't seen anything, right? Because you were hearing with Rogers, Twitter wasn't around back then, but you were still hearing it if you listened to the radio and read the newspaper and watched your local news, which is how we consumed training camp back in the day when Aaron Rodgers was a rookie and a second year guy. Like there were so many flashes in practice where it was like holy crap, this guy can play, right? And we have just not seen that with Jordan Love through three years. And tonight's another example of that, right? Like the touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, really high moment, really fun moment. And, and you and me both, right? Like I jumped off the couch going, holy crap, that was a zip, man. Like he zipped that pass in there. It, it was over 20 yards. It was a nice play. And Romeo Dobbs beat his guy, which I think serves a nice transition as we, uh, you know, get into your, your already claiming Hall of Famer guy. According to Twitter, he's just about there though, right, Jacob? Like, He's, he's been the sweetheart of training camp Romeo Dobbs has. And then he gets a touchdown, you know, in the first quarter of this first preseason game after beating his guy. He showed off that that speed we've heard about. Uh, everything about it is true. And, you know, it looks like a guy that can play. Now, he had some drops. He obviously had the reception challenge turned interception, which was Prison. super fun. Really, really crappy flashbacks of Seattle, uh, you know, 10, 11 years ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looked good, right? Like, I, I again, that but... <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good point, but they called this one an interception too. Uh, but you know, n- nonetheless, like, no grand takeaways from Romeo Dobbs tonight. He looks solid, the speed's clearly there. He can make some really nice contested catches, is what we heard of him coming into the NFL when he was at Nevada. He was really solid in terms of contested catches, made a couple tonight, uh, but he had a drop or two that was like, what, what are we doing here, right? So, uh, but overall, really solid game for him. Probably the MVP of the offense, at least in, in terms of skill positions tonight. Yeah, hard to argue that. Uh, there's obviously some other guys, and we'll get to a few like stars of the game to go. Since it's Janelle Mackey's birthday as we record this, I suppose a hockey theme wouldn't be the worst thing. And, and we're talking 87. And we're talking 87. So there you go. Happy birthday to Janelle Mackey as we get through all of this. Yeah, with Dobbs, it was always easy to see a receiver becoming the darling of camp because one that almost always happens oh, yeah. anyways. Right. Number two, it's a transition year. 
It just is. Devontae Adams is not here. The Packers don't have had the best receiver in football for the last, what? Well, I mean, he's been around for longer than this, but the last three years, you've felt pretty good about saying Adams is the best receiver oh, in yeah. the sport. They don't have him anymore. They don't have him anymore. So now you're talking about Sammy Watkins was never going to play tonight. Same with Lazard, same with Cobb. So who's going to step up and make some plays in the preseason? Well, tonight it was Romeo Dobbs, and it's been Romeo Dobbs throughout the entire portion of camp. If you want to go with his box score stats, not the sexiest, I guess. Three catches, 45 yards, and uh, the aforementioned 33-yard touchdown. I was wrong. I thought I said 33 earlier, but I said 34. 33-yard touchdown. That was a nice play. Had a drop, had a ball that he should have caught, turned into an interception. Uh, So there are some things where you could kind of see, again, you're riding the wave. He's a rookie. Asking him to be, for everyone that was, I was always like, you know, relying on a rookie to be one of your best receivers in year one. And this was when people were talking about trading up into the top 10 to get, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, name your receivers. Relying on that rookie to be Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Not like, oh, that that's happened. It's like, well, sure, it's happened. It's also not realistic. Like those guys were one of a kind and record setting for a reason because it just doesn't happen very often. Not just that. Jamar Chase wasn't your traditional rookie. He got to play with the quarterback he played with in college. They already had that like Rodgers and Adams symbiotic relationship. But Dobbs, I no complaints so far. You know, the question obviously becomes when the games become real is it feels like right now the top three is is Lazard, Cobb, and Sammy Watkins. Where does Dobbs fit into that? Does he fit into that? You know, and with some of the struggles of the tight end position, do the Packers maybe go with more four wide receiver type sets like they did towards the end of last year until yeah. they wait for if Robert Tunyon comes back early in the season? We'll see if that's something that happens. But as far as Dobbs goes, I mean, to me, I think he passed the first test. Obviously, there are some things he can learn from, which is what you want. But you also have the splash plays. And I mentioned earlier, he had the big touchdown and the play before that he had one or two. And the nice part about it is this isn't against guys like me and Alex playing cornerback. Those are the 49ers starters that he was out there beating for a touchdown. So positive all the way around, honestly, I think um, even with some of the negative plays that you will uh, have sprinkled in there. Yeah. I mean, look, it just seems like tonight at least solidified the floor which is much higher than you would expect for a fourth round pick, right? Like it seems like everything we've heard out of camp, which is pretty much him being a really, he's a stud. Rogers has said, he just looks terrific. LaFleur has said he's looked terrific. And anybody on the beat, including our pal, Andy Herman has said he's stolen the show at training camp. Right. And that, that seemed to be the case tonight, especially early in the game. He was targeted seven times. So it seemed like love trusted him more than anybody else that was on the field with him. So, yeah, it seemed like he solidified a, a higher floor than maybe you'd expect for a fourth-round pick. I don't expect him to do a 1,000-yard receiver this year, but I expect him to see some time and make some plays, which you don't often see from fourth-round pick rookies uh, in this Green Bay offense. But this year is unlike any other, which probably leads us to talking about another guy who made a couple of plays tonight, uh, in Amari Rogers, who really didn't do a ton last year, Jake. And We could probably just quick hit these, but he had a big kick return early. And then he had the touchdown pass late. So we saw some speed. He looks slimmer than he did a year ago, but it's preseason. We can't put a ton of stock into either of those plays, but still good to see Amari Rogers make some plays after a rough rookie year. I will say I'll put some stock, a little more stock in the kickoff return than I will the receiving touchdown. And that's not to take anything away from the receiving touchdown, but it was in the fourth quarter of the first preseason game. How many NFL players are actually on the field at that point? Who knows? But credit to him. It happened. That's a positive thing. That's one more positive play on offense than he had all of last season. And I'm not saying that 
to be a jerk or to pick at him or whatever. It's just it was a rough rookie season for Amari Rodgers. The kickoff return, however, again, something that just didn't happen much for the Packers last year. He makes a big play on it. He's rotating kickoffs tonight with Rico Gafford. And as of right now, if that's the competition, Amari Rodgers is winning. Right. And had the big return, uh, looked confident making his cuts, running. And then, honestly, the only negative that happened on that was he got bodied by Rashawn Gary, and Rashawn wasn't wearing pads or anything like that. He just kind of got knocked over after the play was over. But definitely positives for Amari Rodgers. And I got to say, uh, Gabe Burkich, the worst field goal attempt oh I have ever seen. Oh, God. Jacob, he literally shanked that thing. What it was from the right hash, and it went into the very left corner stance. Like he whiffed the net, and then he whiffed the tunnel like that. The players walked down left of the tent and went into the section of of the fans all the way in the left corner of the end zone. It might let be the make worst something place very kick I've ever seen. Too. Yeah, let me make something very clear. I am not an NFL player. I know this looks like the pinnacle of male athleticism that I look got like going a you look right like about. a total middle linebacker. Right. I was the Greek god of male health here as I just finished off my my fourth meal McDonald's over here. <laughs> so I know for there's a lot of things. Whenever somebody I always scoff when somebody says like, "Oh, I could do better than that." When they see a guy like strike out on three pitches in baseball or you know do something bad in football. I don't know if I could have kicked better than Burkich did on that field goal attempt, but I don't think it would have been worse. Like, I don't think I would have kicked it into the left corner of the end zone. Like, I mean, he missed by half a field. Like it's incredible to me. It straight up reminded me of like, you've seen the gif, you've seen the video a million times. The 50 cent first pitch at the New York Mets game a couple of yeah. years back. Do you know what I'm referring to? Yes, but the, of course. But the, di- but the difference between 50 cent throwing out a first pitch at a Mets game and Gabe Burkich kicking a-, a field goal is that one of those was ceremonial and fun. The other was real live action. A- and I-, I-, I never cheer for a guy to lose his job. I never cheer for a guy to fail. I never cheer for a guy to get cut. But we've got to bring it up. We're talking football, Packers football specifically here, Jacob. He gets cut this week, right? Like that is the worst shank I've ever seen. Like I, I, it, please, if, if you're watching this or listening to this, tweet it at me. Like send me a, a, a place kick live action, worstly shanked. There's only one Gabe of, which is what? There's only one. Uh, it <laughs> do you <laughs> the idiot Uh-oh. kicker from Indianapolis? And I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl with Jerome Bettis. Yep. They're playing the Indianapolis Colts in Indy and they had a big lead and they're blowing it. The Steelers are blowing it in the process. And Mike Vanderjack, who was a very good kicker for the Colts for a very long time is lined up to kick a, I believe it was a game tying field goal. I don't think the field goal would have won the game, but he's in the middle of the field and he misses it wide, right. And not even close to the net. Uh, There's another one that came to mind pretty quickly where, 2015, the Packers are playing the Lions, and it was the first time the Lions had won at Lambeau in my life, quite literally. Uh, Mason Crosby's lined up to kick what would have been a game-winning field goal to save them, and he I don't think the kick even reached the end zone. But even still, I give the nod to Burkitch here because yeah, yeah, it's a shank. Like it, and it, it was short, Crosby's like both of those fields were line. long, and they were longer field goals. Those were longer kicks. Like these right. are extra point. Now I think this was, I think his field goal was shorter than an extra point. So it was a chip shot. He might, he might not get cut this week just because is Mason going to be like ready, but as as soon as Crosby's ready, it's like, 
Like I never believed there was a kicker competition, anyways. <laughs> like, well, they Mason try Crosby, to make us believe that every year, don't they? Right? They always bring they get competition in. all the time. Like there was that year where they brought in Giorgio Tavecchio, and Mike McCarthy didn't even bother to learn his name. He kept calling him Sergio, and it's like, if the coach isn't calling you by your real name, you ain't making the freaking roster. Like that's not happening. No, no. Kidding. So there's that take. And if there was anything more fitting for the Green Bay Packers, the very first special teams play of the season penalty. resulted in a penalty. Why wouldn't it? But to their credit, they got a punt off tonight. That's a positive. They had a nice return tonight. They didn't fumble. That was nice. Amari Rogers still scared me on one particular punt return, but we'll let that go. Yeah, the, the only special teams, team. the only special teams real negative outside of the opening penalty was that Pasachia's guy crap the bed, right? Dallin Levitt, uh, the guy they brought in from Las Vegas. Got blood. He's a defensive back. They thought they'd bring him in for some special teams depth, which obviously wasn't requested to do a ton of tonight. Uh, got burned on that. What was it like a seventy-six yard touchdown pass from Trey Lance, and yep. and then he, he kind of involved in that second long touchdown that was over 25, 30 yards. Uh, the second touchdown San Francisco scored, and then he goes out with an injury. So not a great game for Dallas Levitt, who seemed to be Basachi's guy. Rich Basachi, of course, the new special teams coordinator and the highest paid one in the league. His bad plays didn't come on special teams, but tied to Basachi, I figured I could kind of tie that into special teams. If that makes any sense at all, Jacob. Sure. Why not? I will say it's preseason. It's preseason for us podcasters too, bro. And it was mostly positive. And I'll tell you what, if the Packers and the other thing about it is like when it comes to concerns on the special team side of things, like Burkich isn't going to be the Packers kicker. So it's like, that's not something to even be remotely worried about. There wasn't anything that stood out on special teams is bad. And honestly, like that's all I'm asking for. I'm not exactly. asking for you to be the Chicago bears with Devin Hester and Dave Taub coaching the special teams. I'm asking you to not actively stink and active like the Packers special teams. You can very much argue and probably be right that they actively lost two games for the Packers last year, at least Kansas city yeah. and, and the playoff game. And that's just something that, I'm sorry when it comes to kickers and punters and stuff like those are not things that should lose you games, especially when you have Super Bowl aspirations like the Packers have had. I'm happy that they finally take things seriously. I've said for a few years, that's not something that they've emphasized and they've gotten what they've deserved because of it. So we'll see what the other thing about it is like the guys that are playing on special teams tonight may not be the guys that are playing there when the bullets are live. Like I've kept saying, no, probably so, not. Yeah. Keep going through that. Alex, what's something real quick to wrap this thing. We'll put a bow on this here. Um, Guy tonight that you saw that you thought had a really good night made his way, and somebody you're hoping to look build on something uh, going into this week of practice. Big week for practice, right? The Saints are coming in, joint practices Tuesday and Wednesday, and then, of course, they'll play Friday night. Yeah, I, I think I'll go with the biased angle first being in Madison. I was happy with Danny Davis, right? Two receptions, 45 yards, and that touchdown. Uh, he looked comfortable, uh, other than the fact he was wearing Kevin King's jersey number, which I do not like. He's wearing number 20 because likely it's a slap. And, hey, you're probably not going to make the roster. Here's number 20 for a wide receiver. But maybe that's somebody they can stash on the practice squad, right? Uh, the other guy also in the wide receiver room, the seventh-round pick, Samori Toure, had one long catch, thought he looked quick, thought he looked – you know, he ran the right route and he beat his guy and, and was able to snag one in. So offensively, those were the two guys that really stood out. Um, you know, Jacob, you're much better than this at me because you're just a smarter 
watcher of football than I am. But like, I'm not good at watching what happens in the trenches. It's just not something I'm good at watching when I'm watching something live. I watch it back and I really focus on something that maybe I can pick it apart. But did you take anything away from from either lines, D-line or O-line, that really stood out to you? I know obviously the O-line, one of the biggest storylines of camp so far. What did you take away tonight? Well, TJ Slayton was somebody for sure. And I think the Packers depth on the defensive line is something to be very, a little bit of a bummer, not a little bit, a big bummer that Devontae Wyatt, one of the first round picks wasn't able yeah. to play tonight uh, with, he wasn't, he's not officially concussed, but they have him in, they were keeping him out as a precautionary thing. So we'll see what happens as things move on there. Uh, but a bit of a bummer. He couldn't play, but Slayton looks good. This is a guy who, when the Packers drafted him, everybody was kind of talking about him as a, a one dimensional run defender which certainly has some value but he's shown up last year as a pass rusher he's shown up this year early as a pass rusher and if the Packers I mean honestly Slayton Wyatt and then you got Jerron Reed Dean Lowry Kenny Clark those are five guys that can legitimately play the run and rush the passer yeah Packers might have some legitimate depth on the defensive line on the other side of the ball Josh Myers John Runyon those guys look like rock solid starters and if you can promise me, which nobody can, but if you can promise me that Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are going to be healthy and play like their normal selves this season, I'm going to be thrilled because that's four really good offensive linemen that they have. And maybe the right guard spot gets a little eh, throughout the course of the year, but we'll see what happens on that case. But those guys look rock solid. Um, not a great night. I didn't think for Royce Newman. Uh, Yosh Nyman, I think is relatively solid. Maybe that means that he plays right tackle. If Jenkins and Bakhtiari come back, there's a lot. I think it can be decided on that. But on the lines, those are my things. One other guy I'll throw out there is Tyler Goodson. I thought, you know, he has a yeah, real opportunity to win that speedy, third running back. Jump. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Kylan Hill is injured. He's on the pup list. Who knows when he's going to be ready, if he's going to be ready. And honestly, I know Kylan is kind of a, a darling of the Twitter sphere, and understandably so. He's made some nice plays, obviously, uh, last year in limited time in preseason. But he was also a seventh-round pick that's coming off a gruesome knee injury. There's no guarantee he gets back to the roster and Tyler Goodson, somebody that could certainly outplay him. I was more impressed with him than I was with Patrick Taylor. Who's one of the holdovers from last year. Uh, BJ Baylor had a nice night as well, as far as the running backs go, but I was, I was pretty uh, impressed with the takeaway on him as well. So yeah, that's, that's that big 10 energy from Goodson, man, Iowa guy. Uh, but yeah, we knew he was big 10 runner up Iowa Hawkeyes who lost the big 10 championship 42 to three to the current, Big Ten champion Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, Go how'd on. that work out for you guys? I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, I mean, you know what? When you're playing against the SEC, I think the ceiling for a Big Ten non-Ohio State team is about what Michigan right, got. You, just hit, you so. just hit the golden words right there, bro. Non-Ohio State. That's always going to be Michigan, and that's how we wrap up today's pack. Yeah, but how did uh, how did Ohio State do last year against Michigan? Does anybody know? Uh, not well. Did they win. The did they win? No. Did they stay within one score? We, we, no. How did, how, did we get from, how, did, how did we get to, from Tyler Goodson to, to Because Michigan, I have friends. Here's the deal. Seconds. Here's the deal. I have friends that are Hawkeye fans, and I know they'll watch this show, and they're going to send me a middle finger emoji when they find out that I said something about Michigan beating Iowa as badly well, as they did. Plus, I'll, like I'll you said. I'll be sending you one after the show as well. I'm that's totally fine. I can understand that. I'll deal with that. We're out of time, guys. Check us out. Pack-A-Day Podcast at pack a day podcast you can follow me on twitter i'm at jay Buster. if you can follow alex he's alex is there an underscore in there i don't remember there is it's alex at, at alex underscore strofe s-t-r-o-u-f to find that and you'll be able to find us uh every day here as we go through the regular season the preseason i will be at practice on wednesday oh hanging exciting. out with paul yeah hanging out with paul brettel so that'll be fun taking a trip up to green bay which will be 
the last time for a little while, at least I've got a baby due. So it's going to be at least a little bit before I get back up for a Packers game, but I'll certainly be there throughout the course of that stuff. Looking forward to practice um, on Wednesday. And then of course the game on Friday, the Packers are going to play, you know, more preseason football. It's going to be more Jordan love, more Danny Davis making plays, more Romeo Dobbs making his hall of fame case and getting ready for all that stuff. I will be back again tomorrow uh, doing the pack a day video for you guys and going through everything that, you know, whatever we come up with between now and then who knows what happens between now and when I have to sit down and record that tomorrow night. But until then, Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you coming through. Enjoy the game next week. Packers drop one this week, but hopefully next week maybe they get a win. We'll go with it. It doesn't that. matter. Go. It doesn't matter. That's the good news. <laughs> they, wipe, they wipe the slate clean on September 10th because they'll play the Vikings on the 11th. So looking forward to that. From Alex Strofe, I'm Jacob Westdorf. See you guys next time. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done